really to honor the Lord because we love pastor and honor my parents this morning uh, as we walk through these days. And I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your encouraging text messages. I was uh, really debating if I was going to speak today, but I was, I was sitting last night and uh, God was like, you got something to say. And so I honor the Lord today for this opportunity uh, to speak uh, before you today, just to encourage your hearts and speak uh, the word of the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for this moment and this time that you brought before us, Lord. You set the times and you set the seasons. And God, we're just called just to walk through them because, God, your grace is sufficient for us. In our weakness, Lord, we're made strong. And so, Father, we thank you this day, God, that our ears and our hearts open to receive what you have for us to say today, God, through your word. And I just decree and declare, God, that all those that are under the sound of my voice, God, will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you briefly this morning. Uh, really, it didn't really start as a series, but it started as a word from the Lord about the season of finality. And uh, I want to speak to you this morning about the spirit you. The spirit you coming into an understanding of who we are is so key. One of the points I made was talking about that. We are the sons and daughters of God and that the, the earth is groaning and the earth is waiting for us to be manifested. The earth is waiting for you and I to be revealed. And so many times we focus on our fleshly self and the struggles that we have in the flesh, not that we negate them, not that we don't overlook them, not that we don't try to work on ourselves to become better. But however, the Lord wants us to focus this morning on us to look at our spirit and who and how he created us to be. That's when I was talking to a friend of mine and I was, I was thinking about dimensions and realities. You hear that word we talk about the spiritual dimension or the spirit realm? But one thing I want you to understand is that a dimension is a place, for example, a dimension for practicality is a house. And as many as know, some of us, we started off in an apartment, and now some of us got six-bedroom houses. You move from dimension to dimension to dimension. But in that house are rooms, which those are realms of understanding. Amen. Give me. Amen. Amen. So what I want to say to us this morning, that God is shifting us into a new dimension into a new place of the spirit, a new place of understanding, a new place of revelation, a new place of power, a new place of authority. I was thinking this morning about the story about the three little pigs. Uh -oh. yes. The three little pigs, the first one built his house out of yes. straw. Yes. And when the big bad wolf came yes. puffing and puffing, and he thought, oh man, this is going to withstand what he's about to do, and it didn't. So his house blew down and he skirted away to the next brother who built his house out of wood. And he had the sureness that, oh, the big bad wolf, when he comes and he huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down, it's going to withstand. And the wolf came to blow it and the house fell. But there was this one brother who built this house out of brick. And when they ran into the safety of his place, when the big bad wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and the house didn't stand. I want to tell you that the house that God has called us to walk in in this season, the house that will withstand the schemes, the traps, and the snares of the enemy. And so that's the dimension, that's the place 
that God is moving us to, to a place of surety, to a place of trust, to a place to withstand every scheme and every trap of the enemy because God is making his people smarter as we yield ourselves, as we come into a place of yielding, yielding our intellect, yielding our culture, yielding our hangups, yielding our struggles, as we come into a place of yielding, God can establish us into a place where we can be unshakable and unmovable. Is anybody ready for that this morning? Is anybody tired of being tossed to and fro by the sea? Is there anybody tired of getting beat up by the enemy? Because if not, then you'll repeat the last season. The next three months are going to be so crucial and critical that if you've not been dialed in to what God wants you to do, if you're in a place of fogginess, if you're in a place of misunderstanding, I want to admonish you, I want to challenge you that you've got to get to a place of clarity because 2020 is going to be like a year that you've never seen before. It's going to be a year of vision. It's going to be a year of manifestation. It's going to be a year where God's going to bring you to the place that you've never seen before. I don't know. Is anybody ready this morning? Is anybody excited about what God wants to do in your life? So, God is moving us into a new dimension, into a new place of realms of understanding, realms of glory, realms of power, realms of healing and miracles. God is moving us into that new place. And you got to understand, so now it's so important that we shift our environments and understand what environment have I put myself in that's going to cause me, that's going to challenge me, that's going to accelerate me to grow. As I've been starting out on my doctoral program, one of the first pieces I had to read was understanding human growth. And a child has probably two critical stages of life that are so important to their growth. The first one is when they were when they're in their infancy from zero to seven. It's so key that a child has the right nutrients. It's so key that the child has the right environment so that the child doesn't become stagnant. Oftentimes we look at uh, children on TV, we see them so malnourished, we see them so, it's because they're not in the right environment getting the nutrients, but when the help comes and they get the right nutrients, then there's an acceleration that happens and that child puts on all that weight. What I want to say to you, you've got to look at what environments have I been feeding my mind? What environments have I been feeding my soul? What environments have been keeping me stagnant? What environments have been keeping me malnourished? What thoughts, what behaviors have been keeping me stuck? Because today the Lord is going to bring an acceleration of spiritual, supernatural nutrients that are going to cause you to accelerate and become today who God has designed you to be. Because when he moves you into a new place, into a new dimension, everything changes. Everything that I am today in my spirit, I ask the Lord for. Everything that I am today, I said, God, if there's people, when people came in and they came and they laid hands on me and there was at least an impartation, there are impartations in me that I'm saying, Lord, I've got to go after because they're yet dormant and I want to see them manifested. I remember at a conference and I was like, Lord, I just I just need you to transform me from the inside out. God, I need you to change me. I need you to make me. I don't care what's going on in your flesh. I don't care what's going on in your mind, but I'm talking about the spirit you today that needs you to move out of your mind and your thoughts and your own preferences and the things that you can struggle with and let the spirit of God arise out of the inside of you and take you you see, one thing you've got to understand that your flesh is against you. Yes. Your flesh is against you. It does not want the destiny and the purposes of God to come forth out of your life. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Christ in your life, you become new. All things become new. Everything about you becomes new. But what does the enemy do? He tries to take that place again in the strongholds. tries to take the stronghold in your mind. He tries to take the stronghold in your spirit. So he sends demons to oppress you, to possess you, to push you down. But you've got to understand, everything about you is new. And the old life that you live, the old hang-ups that you live and struggle with, were washed away by the power of the blood. But the enemy in his scheming and his traps and his snares tries to bring you back into a place of deception and cause you to open those places back up so we can take your mind back, so we can take your heart back. But you got to know that you've been recreated in the image of Christ and his power is on the inside of you. And so he tells us. Verse 14 in that passage, he says, take no regard. He says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judged us that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who should live, live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, it says we regard, meaning we don't respect. We take no look, we take no consent. For according to the flesh, no one according to the flesh. See, the problem is, this is the problem how they almost missed Jesus, is that they were looking at Jesus in his flesh. You know, TV and Hollywood make Jesus look like he's like the fair apostle. He's got his hair feathered, his hair long. He's got all these things. But Jesus, the Bible said, his face was hard. If you saw Jesus, you wouldn't think it was Jesus because he wasn't this, there's nothing about him attracted him to them. And we miss out on moments, we miss out on opportunities where God wants to bring people in our life to bless us, but we judge and say, well, I don't know about them. Who, who do they, they, they don't look like, they don't sound like, they don't, they don't drive like, what is the deliverance? But you don't understand who God will bring for your deliverance. God can bring a blind man, God can be a broke man, but God will bring somebody in your life for your deliverance. And I want to say to you that you no longer need to regard yourself and your own flesh and your own hangups and the things that you struggle with and the things that you may not know and the things you may not understand and your past and your story and your culture, whatever is in your flesh because it's working against you. And then he wants to use it to keep you stuck in the sameness. Wow. And one thing I want to say about my brother, use his platform every day to encourage people. He just had a high school diploma, and he worked in service jobs all his life, but that didn't stop him from encouraging everybody every day. He would say, good morning, beautiful people. Every day, that's what he would say. And he would talk about how good he was doing, he would, whoever he met, he would encourage. But he used what he had to encourage people. And many of us, we sit and we wait. We're waiting for out there. When I get there, when I get my breakthrough, when I let this go, when I grow, when I get my house, when I get my car, when I get married, when I get whatever. But you got to take advantage of your now and use what God has given you to be a blessing for people. That's good, John. So I can't regard my flesh because my flesh is against me. And my flesh wants to keep me bound and stuck. My flesh doesn't want my spirit to come forth because if I can really see myself how God sees me, I'm powerful, I'm powerful, I'm powerful. The Lord is God on the inside of me. He said the same power 
wounded. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what trauma happened to me. You don't know what my mama did, what my daddy did, what my job did, how I got fired, how I got let go, how I got rejected, how people let me go. My flesh wants to keep me bound up and stuck. So if you're trying to negotiate with your flesh, you're not going to win. If you're trying to negotiate with your flesh, say, well, maybe today, if you just, maybe you're not going to act up today. Maybe you're just going to be nice to me today. No, the Bible says that the flesh is at enmity with the spirit, meaning that the flesh is at war with your spirit. Your flesh is at war with trying to keep you stuck and bound so that you don't become who God has destined you to be. So he says, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet now we know him thus no longer. I gotta stop knowing myself by the flesh. And know myself by the spirit. I gotta stop knowing myself by the flesh and know myself by the spirit. When I look in the mirror, I gotta see the spirit man rising up. When I look in the mirror, I gotta see who God has called me to be. If I don't see it, I gotta say it until I see it. If I don't see it, I gotta say it until I see it. Until it becomes a reality. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, tells us this. It says, But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. I want somebody just to shout, I've got glory, I've got glory on the inside of me. On the inside. And it wants to get out. And it wants to get out. He says, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Because what you have to understand is that when Jesus died and the veil was torn, that we, he gave us access to a most holy place yes. that his blood covers us so now we can approach his throne, throne boldly. You see, the deception is that we think, and you see this if you've been in church a long time, that when I do something wrong, and I do this, that I got, I'm not going to go pray. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to come to church. I'm not going to faithful doing this. So I keep myself out of the place of deliverance where his presence is. Not saying his presence can't show up in your room. But sometimes we're not strong enough to be there. And we need to be in the house of God to get strength. But we don't have that understanding that we, that we hide. Then he wants to isolate us. He wants to keep us over right. here. That's so he can right. keep beating on us. And so our flesh gets stronger and stronger. Right. Right. And our spirit gets weaker and weaker. And then we're bound up in all these things. Yes. So you see, then there's this glory that they're talking about. That when Moses would meet with the Lord, this glory would come upon his face. And the children would say, no, it's too, it's too much, Moses. Just put a veil on. But this passage is talking about there's a glory that comes upon us, that comes in us because of what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago. And it says, so the ministry of righteousness exceeds more in glory. For the ministry of condemnation had glory. Because you see that ministry, we have rules, we have laws, we have things we have to do every day. We have to go every year to present a sacrifice to the Lord, a perfect sacrifice. But then Jesus came and he became the ultimate sacrifice. And he says, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. From the ministry, you go to the next verse, 16, verse 16, then it says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Let me tell you this morning, your answer is when you're in sin, when you're bound up, when your flesh wants to fight you, just turn to the Lord. 
doesn't matter what you know, doesn't matter if you just know one scripture that says John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish, but ever everlasting life. If that's all you know, just turn to the Lord with that. If you just know Jesus what? Just turn to the Lord with that. If you just know one text of scripture, say just turn to the Lord. Because when you turn to the Lord, there is liberty. Liberty from what? Liberty from all your bondage. Liberty from all your troubles. Liberty from all your worries. Liberty from every person, from every trap, from every snare of the enemy. There is liberty. All you just have to do is just turn. But the enemy tells us to run away. Hide yourself. They're going to judge you when you come in there. They know what you did last night. They know what you said. They know your father, but it's a lie and a deception of the enemy. It's a scheme, it's a trap of the enemy to keep you from the place of deliverance. Verse 18 says, But with we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. That glory is the first covenant. And the second glory is the new covenant. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And God wants us to live in that second glory. God wants us to live in that second glory. Because in that second glory is power. In that second glory is freedom. In that second glory is hope. And that second glory is everything that you need to live this life for your calling and for your purpose. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So God wants us to live in this new glory, in this new covenant, because it's in that place that we can stand and say, no weapon thrown against me shall prosper, and every tongue rises up against me, I shall condemn it. Because we have this understanding that God was the one, was the one that made the blacksmith that formed the weapon that was formed against you. So when the enemy comes knocking on his door with a big bad wolf, puffing and puffing, he's not going to blow our house down. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to live? Romans 8 chapter says this. The 12th verse. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. Some of us, you need to understand right now that that debt that you're trying to pay to the flesh, you need it. It's canceled right now. In Jesus name. You've been trying to pay this debt to your flesh. But you need to cancel it right now. I cancel it in Jesus' name. You have no, you don't need, you don't need to give the flesh no explanation of why you're killing it today when you fast. You don't need to give your flesh no explanation of why it needs to die. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but the life I live, I live in the body for him. So you need to stop giving your flesh an explanation of why it's got to go. You got to start giving your flesh and stop giving an explanation of why you're crying and why is this and why is that. You got to stop giving it an explanation. Because you don't owe it anything but to die. You don't owe it anything but to die. It says to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Not maybe, but you will die. 
It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You may not physically die, but your destiny will die. Your spirit will die. You'll have no joy. The Bible says to be in the spirit is life and peace. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, it's time to put to death. You got to put it to death. You got to put it to death. You got to put it to death. If you're struggling, you got to put it to death today. With the power of the Holy Spirit, you got to put it to death today, the deeds of the body. And it says, what will happen? You will live. You will live. So if you're sitting right now and you feel like death, and if you don't feel no joy, you don't feel no peace, you don't feel no hope, that means your flesh is running the show, and you got to put it to death. you got to make a decision. You've got to come to a resolve. You've got to come to a posture and say, I'm going to put this thing to death. Because your only purpose is to keep me here on this earth for as long as I need to be. Whether it's 40 years, 20 years, 100 years, your only purpose is to serve as a chariot for my spirit. That's the only purpose. It's our only ticket. It's the reason why we stay in the earth for this body. But this body is not going to run the show. Right. This body is not right. going to tell me what to do. Because if you live by the dictates, the impulses of the flesh, you will die. But it says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For if you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba Father. This is one thing you got to understand. When you get adopted into a family, you get that last name and you get all the rights and privileges that will come with that name. Let me say that again. When you get adopted into a family, you get that last name and you get all the rights and the privileges that come with that last name. And so our last name is whatever our last name Jesus has. Jesus Christ, that's my last name. That's my last name. Devil, that's my last name. So you have no right, you have no authority. I've got the power and the authority because that's my last name. I'm not afraid because that's my last name. I don't walk in fear. I don't walk in doubt. I'm not poor. I'm rich. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above. I'm not below. The fullness of Christ rests in me because I've been adopted into this family of God. And this is my inheritance. But your flesh will keep you thinking you got to eat out of the trough with the pigs. But you've got to understand that there's a king waiting for you to put a robe of righteousness on you, to put a signet ring on you, and to let you know that you have a seat at the table. And it's time, church, for us to take our seat at the table of God and sit with our authority and not sit back with the enemy run amok in our life. Is there anybody want to sit at that table? So the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if we, if indeed we suffer with Him, then we may also be glorified together. Listen, and that glory isn't going to happen when we get to heaven. That glory is happening now. This whole Bible isn't about when we get to heaven because we don't need this Bible when we get to heaven. This Bible is for right now for us to understand that I'm being glorified right now, day by day, moving from glory to glory to glory. 
God we have to let this flesh suit know that you're not going to run the show. That this is who I am and this is what I do. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And also together be glorified. To be glorified. To be glorified. Not to be weak. Not to be wounded. Not to be stuck in our transaction, transitions. To be glorified. To be moving from glory to glory. To be changed from our image to his image. So we can look like him. So the world can see him through us. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I'm closing up here. For it is God who commanded. He commanded light to shine out of darkness. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I got light resting on the inside of me, in my heart. The only purpose, when I was reading this morning, I was like, Lord, show me all. I was like, Lord, show me all. Let your glory show up for me. I don't know about you. It says, but we, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You see, if this body breaks down, God will bring healing, God will bring deliverance. If this body breaks down, God will give us a strength. We thank God for doctors. Because it can't shut down until the time. It doesn't shut down until we finish everything we're supposed to finish. But he says, until then, let me let you know this one thing. Let me give you this reminder. It says, but we have this treasure. And so one translation says, jars of clay. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This is what this is what he does. Let me remind you this morning. Because God is doing it to show you all. He's doing it off to show the devil. Yeah, they may be broken, they may be busted, they may not know everything, they may be fragile, but because my life, my life is on the inside of them. That when they are hard pressed on every side, I gotta let you know that they're not gonna be crushed. When they're perplexed, when they're confused, they're not gonna be in despair. When they feel persecuted, they won't be forsaken because never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. When you go to the valley, I'll be there. When you're on the mountaintop, I'll be there. And you got to know that they'll never be struck down. And they'll never be destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. The purpose of this body is to manifest Jesus. Yeah. The purpose of this body that I have is yeah. to manifest Jesus. That's when you talk to it. Oh, you want to act up today? Okay. Well, you're going to manifest Jesus anyway. You want to be sick today? You're going to manifest Jesus anyway. You want to be broken today? Well, you're going to manifest Jesus anyway. You want to be confused today? Well, you're going to manifest Jesus anyway. You don't know today, but you're going to manifest Jesus today. Come on, you got to talk to this flesh. Because the Lord made it, and he created it. Listen, there's a dimension that God was moving us to. Dimension of faith, the dimension of understanding. I was reading yesterday about John G. Lake. He had a great, powerful healing ministry in the early 30s and 40s. And, 
And uh, he had a secretary, and she had an operation that removed her, her tubes and her womb and her uterus. All that was gone. But John G. Lake laid hands on her. And a creative miracle happened. And her uterus and her tubes and her womb came back. See, there's a dimension of faith that God wants to bring us to. There's a dimension of belief that God wants to bring us to. But if we allow ourselves to be dictated by our flesh, we will never get there. We will always stay stuck in this earthen realm. And we'll never occupy like he's told us to occupy until he comes. Because you can't occupy and be bound up and blind and you're stuck and don't know who you are. You can't occupy nothing. You'll occupy a cell that the enemy will place you in. It'll torment you. Some of you are tormented in your sleep because you've allowed this flesh to overtake your life. He says that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our flesh. Verse 16. This is it. Therefore, therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. The minute we're born, this body starts to die. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet, that's why you gotta look. That's why you know what's on the inside of you. That's why you know you gotta know that your spirit man is far stronger and far greater than this outward man because it's perishing. And it's gonna start working against you. As you get older and older, it's gonna work against you. But my spirit man, but my spirit man is being He says this for our lights, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, but for a moment. It may seem like a long time, but you got to say it's but for a moment. Compared to eternity, it's but for a moment. It's working for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, yes. but at the things which are not seen. Yes. Because for the things which are seen are only temporary, yes. but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yes. So you got to know that your spirit man is far greater than your fleshly man. Yes. I don't care what your addictions are. I don't care what your struggles are. I don't care what your generational curses may be. I don't care what the doctor said. But it's what God said. And he tells us that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Is there anybody ready to shift into a greater dimension? of the spiritual life that God has called us to walk into. Is there anybody? Amen. I want you to stand up on your feet right now. That's you. And you're saying, I'm ready to ship.
Release right 